Another exciting day here, ladies and gentlemen, in the town of Tinsel. Welcome to the town of Tinsel. <laughs> I live in California. This is crazy. I live in California. I live in California. I gotta keep reminding myself this. This is actually truly happening. I live in California. I've been thinking I need to make more use, please hold me accountable to this, of my surroundings. There are coffee shops nearby that I, I've gone in and out of but not actually hung out at. I could totally type up stuff, do stuff while I'm there. Yikes, yikes, that'd be a perfect place to do kapow. Shenanigans, 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 shenanigans. Perfect place for me to get podcasts, right? Go there for an hour. Once a week. Wow. So much good stuff happening around around these parts. Round here. Round here. Those counting I live in a haunted manor, haunted by barking ghost dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you come home at 3 a.m., you're just like, you're so tired. You're fumbling with things, <laughs> keys are jangling, and all of a sudden that dog starts yeah. yapping. Just makes me want to say, hey dog, quit that yapping. Hey dog. Alright, I'll see you in a little bit, Jen. I love you. Oh yeah, I forgot we were recording here. So, my last um, podcast that was going on, it cut off while I was, while I was talking. Something very interesting with Anchor number 3, version 3. If any of you are having some similar issues about this uh, uh, Anchor version 3, please let me know. I emailed the... I've had a pretty good discussion going on ever since I joined Anchor about four months ago? Five months ago? Something like that. So they get back to me pretty quick. So I I, uh, talked to them about this, this interesting issue now... Where, uh, those of you who got Anchor, you know what I'm talking about. You hit, I don't know if this happens for you, but I'll press play on the little red button. And it'll wait about five, six, sometimes ten seconds. I got so used to the instantaneous. I got, I think what I got used to was pushing my finger on the button and then sliding it up. And that seemed to work really, really well. And... I got spoiled with that. And so now it's taking a few seconds in between each thing. And it's especially, let's say, within segments. I'm creating these segments. And then um, it'll take a few seconds to actually scroll up. Some of you might be experiencing it. Some of you might not be. If you are, please let me know. And what I noticed was I, I uh, pressed record on it to, to record. And so that last little segment that you had heard was it just ended up only getting a portion of it, which is interesting, quite interesting. So, now we're back to this. The good news is, is that as a video diary, video journal, this really actually ends up becoming, even if it doesn't capture everything, it's capturing a lot. And that's good. 
I like the idea that it's capturing a lot. I cannot tell you how therapeutic this is to be able to, to speak out loud. Because I know, you know, it's so interesting. It's like, I know that whatever I'm saying on this podcast, every once in a while it, it, uh, it re, um, it re, uh, rem- reminds me of it. Of the fact that, of the fact that, uh, it's, I'm accountable to what I'm saying in here. I'm accountable. So, there are those times I forget. And I go, oh, I just complained that whole podcast. I just complained. Who do I think I am? Dr. Amp? Listen, folks, all I ever really wanted for this Inspirato Protecto podcast was become the next Dr. Amp. Those of you who do, do, do not yet know who Dr. Amp is, please do yourselves a favor and myself a favor, all of us a favor, and look up Dr. Amp on YouTube. You'll, I think you'll dig it. There's a man walking down the street right now who, who kind of uh, resembles Dr. Amp carrying his groceries. So maybe that's why I thought of Dr. Amp. Maybe. You never know. Subliminally speaking, you never know. You never can tell. You never can tell. You never, you know, that's the fun thing is that the, since we all know that the universe speaks to us in all these different uh, various forms, camouflages, etc., etc., shape shifts, because we all know that, it just makes it much uh, more fun, playful, and interesting to kind of look at the, the, at the symbols, the omens, the signs, all that razzmatazz. Look at that and go, ah! Okay, this relates to this. Okay, this relates to this. Okay, this relates to this. And when we see that recognition with the vibration of that particular sentiment, of that thought, that feeling about that particular manifestation of reality, when, when we recognize that within the various camouflages, it, it's showing us yeah, that's it. That's the same vibe. That's the same vibe. You, you recognize, yep, that's the channel. That's the channel right there. And it just keeps happening more and more frequently. More and more frequently. It's easy to, like with the, the uh, discussions with Mike Schley, we've heard, you know, we hear about all this crazy stuff going on. And... We see all these prophecies, all this stuff. We hear about the Bible code, how it could be changed, rewritten. Oh, that Rasmataz. Uh, okay, so we hear about all that stuff. You know, Book of Revelations and the Bible, etc., etc. All this stuff. All these, all these um, psychic premonitions, predictions, prophecies, discoveries, revelations, epiphanies, etc., and so forth, particularly the so forth. We look at all that stuff, and then we, and then we match it up with the idea of the quantum mechanics aspect. We match it up with the idea of manifesting our own realities. So which one is the one that's the most imperative? I would say the one that transcends all the human, the limited human thoughts and 
uh, imperfections and, and like, you know, that pettiness, the nickel and diming, it transcends all that once we realize that we're those creators, that all this is an illusion. We don't have to take any of this seriously because someone demands that we take them seriously. That doesn't mean that we have to. That's what they want us to conform to what they believe their identity or their definition of themselves is. We don't have to do that. We don't, there's, no one is required to do that. If a man in a three-piece suit goes out to the jungle, uh, the, the, the gorilla would yank his arms out just like he would any other, you know, enemy or um, prey or what have you. And it's, it's interesting because that same three-piece suit guy at a charity or, you know, big uh, 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 rich ball gala he would be this upstanding citizen oh look at my awards look at my plaques look at my you know uh, diplomas etc 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 what have you and look at my my badges and my you know etc 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 so in that in one particular circle people might uh, look at it and I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a I'm looking for a basket to carry something in. Huh. Interesting. Let's see. Interesting. So, you know what's so interesting? is doing podcasts while you're walking around a grocery store because there are multiple things that you're trying to do at once. Number one, stay on the subject of what you're saying. Number two, look for the basket. Um, should I just go ahead and get a shopping cart? It's a little silly because... See, these are the dilemmas. These are the, the uh, dilemmas. I'm saying this out loud to you. Perhaps this is something you yourself would be thinking about. If you were here if you were here right now, perhaps you'd be imagining to yourself, where are the baskets? Where are the best places to look for the baskets? Uh, you might be asking yourself, should, should I use... A should I use a shopping cart? Should I use a shopping cart? We'll talk more about this later. There's just so much happening right now. So much.
So earlier on, Jenny and I heard some uh, a ruckus next door. With these guys <clears throat> yelling at each other and sounding like they're about to get into a fight. And then all of a sudden, uh, it stopped. And uh, apparently people had just called the cops over it. So that's what that was. That was the cops at the next door neighbor's door asking them about what was going on. <clears throat> With all what all the hubbub was about, and uh, <clears throat> so there you have it. You never know what kind of adventures will pop up into your own into your own uh, reality experience now and again. So the people were spiritual, psychological, and wooden. And uh, that is to say, the wooden people were those most absorbed in materiality and most closely identified with their bodies. And Orthodox Christianity re rejected this sort of distinction because of the perfectly correct idea that material existence is not inconsistent with spirituality. This is something which most Christians have forgotten. But they do believe as the central principle of Christianity in what's called the incarnation. That in uh, the Jesus of Nazareth, Almighty God did in fact become material become human. And by this process initiated a transformation of the cosmos. In the words of Saint Athanasius, God became man that man might become God. And so did you did you grow up out in this area? Uh, I'm actually from St. Louis, Missouri, but I uh, lived in LA for probably 18 years. And what, what, what would you say brought you out here? I'm a, I'm a journalist. Oh, okay. And I've just kind of done it ever since. What are some of your favorite things to journalize? Uh, I cover entertainment. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's a way to make a living, and then money never seems to uh, go away in that area. Do you, do you cover bands, too? A little bit. What kind of, what's your favorite band? Well, I'm in, a, I'm in a yacht rock band called Yachtly Crew. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and we've gotten like a lot of crazy, we've gotten a lot of steam, a lot of momentum so far in uh, even the 311 cruise. They hired us to be on the 311 cruise next year. Oh, nice. It's crazy. Mario Lopez has come to our shows and then hired us for his holiday party. And then Red Foo from LMFAO, he hired us for his girlfriend's birthday. And it's like, it, it's crazy the way this momentum is picking up. And it's all love songs. Hall and Oates, um, Christopher Cross. Uh, just good old-fashioned love songs. And so uh, basically we play every other month at the Viper Room. And uh, every once in a while out in Dana Point at Stillwater. Uh, every once in a while at the Rose, sometimes at the Canyon. I mean, it's, oh, wow, it's so much fun. So, um, How'd you hook up with the 311 crew? Oh, you know what? Um, the guy, our guitarist, he actually plays basketball with one of the members of 311. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and so uh, some of the guys at his basketball game came out to see us play, and they were showing the videos, 
And he's like, oh, wow, you know, talk to my manager about, about getting on the cruise. And, uh, like, things are just... And we might even play on the uh, on the Kiss Cruise, too. Oh, nice. Which we ended up finding out. I mean, this is, like... It's just crazy, man, the way this stuff has, has evolved. And, uh, oh, my God, that would just be nuts. Because a lot of the guys in the band, they're big fans of Kiss. And uh, so we would always joke about the idea that we're basically, like... The yacht rock version of Kiss. So we're kind of like uh, <laughs> we try to put showmanship into it as much as we can. Oh yes. Oh man, people show up wearing uh, captain's hats, and uh, people have met on the dance floor and they end up dating and then seeing each other again at other shows. It's crazy. It's a fun party. Oh, um, you know what? We need to. I think we need to, for sure. We do the Pina Colada song, uh, Escape. We do uh, Baker Street, Careless Whisper. Oh, man, all the really anthemic ones, you know? Fooled around and fell in love. Oh, jeez. There's so many good ones. I, it's like, I don't have a favorite one. It's so crazy. There's seven of us in it. There's a saxophone player. Oh, nice. Seven man band. Oh my god. It's so tricky too to try to spit us on on stages. Alright brother, how are we going? Alright man, take care. And what you just heard there, ladies and gentlemen, was another another seed planting. Thirty-one minutes. What you just heard there was another seed planting of of uh, Yali Crew. I didn't have any cards with me that time. I guess I didn't expect to talk about Yali Crew. I think that's the thing that I need to to realize that no matter where you go at any time. Um, you just never know what kind of interesting revelations are hanging out around the corner. Keep that in mind, Buck. Bucko. Yeah, the crew, man. Yeah, the crew. Keep it in your brain. Oh, you know what's going to happen to you? This is... This is what I predict. This is what I predict. Um, I predict that someone is going to mention Yachty Crew to him at some point. At some point. Someone. He's gonna go, oh my god, that guy, that guy, the guy was just talking in the laundry room. I was listening to your idea about the magician getting pulled into his own hat, and uh, that's about where you got, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool as if on the other side there was a rabbit magician who pulled him out of a hat and then 
I thought, well, I'll call his podcast and leave a message uh, with that uh, uh, in addition to idea. And before I could even uh, do so, you said it. You said it. You said, oh, what if a rabbit pulled him out of the hat on the other side? We're on the same wavelengths. There's a, a, we're, we're, we're surfing the same wave, my friend. Surfing the same wave. I was just thinking about how in any moment we're choosing. I was just walking down the street and I noticed that I had a frown on my face. A furrowed brow. Even my mouth was turned at the corners, and I'm going, this is very cartoon-like. Why is my face like this? And then I started thinking, holy cow, do I have a lot of my mind? Yeah. And then, for some reason, I think of that face when when I think of, like, whoa, there's a lot to do. So I started thinking in that moment, well, a couple of things. One of them was that I felt I wasn't relying on my higher mind enough in that moment. Sometimes I forget, this ego mind forgets that this ego mind is not the one that's required, not supposed to figure everything out, figure out how the plan's going to go figure out how it's all unfolding. I'm the surprise I am the one who's setting up his own surprise party. Is that interesting? I'm the one setting up my own surprise party with things that I want. That's the interesting thing. So getting back into that idea of realizing that the ground is basically forming Apostrophe neath my feet. The ground is forming neath my feet. The precipitation, if I am to play with that idea, that precipitation, that what my attitude is, it brings about. The attitude brings it about. Now, if I want to believe that a higher mind can take care of this, what happens then? No more furrowed brow. Why was there a furrowed brow? Was it, was it squashed under the weight? It was feeling the weight of it. What's the furrowed brow? I just realized I'm squinching up my third eye. I'm closing it up. That's in a sense trying to wink, tightly squeeze my third eyeball. Like, yeah, shut it off. That third eye needs to be uh, in working condition. That's the, that's the connection to the, uh, to the all that is, to that, that higher mind. So it's a very egotistical thing to do, to believe that we ourselves can solve every issue. Because we know, we know how many times we've planned something and how many times it's ended up differently. How did, how did we feel in those instances where it ended up, it took a curve where we expected? Did we, however, find similarities in how it unfolded? Did we find similarities that, that did match up, however, even a few, with the 
original intent? Or did you feel that the final product contained none of what you originally intended? Or very close, uh, very, very far away from the original vision? Now, the next question is, what do you... Was there a lot of triple, was there a lot of second guessing, triple guessing? Was there a lot of triple thinking about, about getting that project done? Was there a lot of holding back on decision making? Was there a lot of hemming and hawing? Was there a lot of uh, head honchos, uh, some arrogant minds trying to take control of the wheel? Did it feel like it was forced along the way? Did it feel like... There's a lot of pressure involved with the uh, unfolding of that process. If, if any of those answers are yes, there's a good chance that that's why it really ended up far, far away from that original vision. Maybe because there was too, so tight, so tight. But with the, uh, like that stress on that, oh gosh, it's got to be this way. But the crazy thing is, is that with all of the, uh, with all the, decision makings and you know changes along the way it's like it kept it kept in a sense reprogramming the computer you know because there's that idea that original inspiration of moving forward and then there's that next aspect of going ah well is that the right direction because now there's that second thought on distrusting the original inspiration and then what happens is that now becomes the default mode with enough of that going on. With, with enough of that being a reliant material, a foundation on which to stand, sit, lay down on, for that to be the main standard issue where default mode, where you're going boop, 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 antenna, blipping on the antenna. Ooh, I got an idea. Here's an idea. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. All right, let's move forward. And then they bring it up to someone who is usually a naysayer, usually someone who's a killjoy, usually who's got something to say about it straight out of the gate and not not very keen on the uh, all the va- all the value that 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 is found when it's a collaborative experience, when it's a all for one and one for all, when it's a you know, we're all we're all creating the same vision here. I'm about to go down to the uh, subway here. I'll talk uh, more later. Going out to uh, Ryan's today. We've got a bunch of uh, those files, those Kabao files that we got to start downloading on to these. Uh, f- so we got to got all the f- so we got all the films together for the mo- for uh, the film festival. Alright, I shall talk more later. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have Ryan McGonagall here. He's about to get in the car. He just filled up his, uh, just filled up his gas. So, Ryan, explain to the at-home viewers what, what, we're, uh, what we're doing right now. We are... Driving out of an AMPM, getting gas so we can make a Best Buy run. And what are we getting at Best Buy? We can get some Blu-rays to help start burning some movies for 
2018 Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival. Because we are really behind on schedule. Oh, yeah. So we're, um, we're very consistent. It's compared to the last couple years. <laughs> we, so, don't, we don't start sooner. We just put more work on our plate. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, I guess we're accomplishing more. It's, it's right. <laughs> um, so... What's the fastest speed internet that you have that we're using today? Um, man, I don't know. It's um, whatever the business high speed is, the most expensive one you could buy in Time Warner. Um, when we cut the cable, I was able to justify um, having just internet. So um, we're, we're the fastest you can go um, that Time Warner will allow. And so far, we're making really good time. You've noticed a difference, right? I've noticed a big difference. At home, it would take me all day to download a 20-minute, you know, probably 4-gigabyte thing. And what I'm noticing at your place, um, both of us can actually be on the Internet. Right. And I'm noticing that we're both downloading big files at the same time, which is, which is awesome. Well, also, we have a dual router, which allows... Um, it's like two routers going at the same time. And so that's part of the reason we're going so fast. Um, uh, last year we didn't have this problem. Everything was like going rather smoothly. This year, I don't know why, maybe because we're getting bigger films or something, but um, it's taken a lot more. I know we, get, we got a lot more films than we had ever had, so which wow. is cool, more filmmakers. And I realize, I think there's a theory that just popped in my brain. I think now, with this uh, ability to have cameras, you know, a lot less expensive, a lot more affordable in this 4K format, um, maybe more people are shooting stuff in, in this 4K, which then, that yeah, bumps up I, the resolution like huge. Last year we did a, um, we got a GoPro movie. The whole movie was done on a GoPro. I forget which one it was. Something in the, the Philippines. Um, I'm surprised we haven't got... Um, unless I missed it, an iPhone movie yet, because I know a lot of filmmakers are making their movie completely on an iPhone. And oh, yeah. For like $125, you can actually get lenses that swap out for like, people are making feature-length films with like two um, iPhone Xs, which is pretty cool, or iPhone 10, whatever you want to call it. But that'd be kind of a fun project, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you go to the Apple store, um, they actually have stuff that you can, like, use. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you see Sandeep's little film that he shot with the, the drags cars? And uh, he put on no. uh, Instagram, yeah. So, like, uh, drag racing on, like, the desert flats. Wow. Uh, Salt Lake flats. How whatever. many minutes is it that he did It's, it? like, less than a minute, but um, he, he, he did a little fancy editing. I was impressed. So he, did he edit it on his phone too? No, he does everything off of Final Cut Pro, like we do. One year we'll probably catch up with the rest of the industry and start going off of Avid. <laughs> we're always like a couple steps behind when it comes to time. We were like going with the um, DSLR like three years after everyone else was. And yeah. It's interesting how those film cameras uh, the only way you could shoot with them is if you rented them 
what was that? The what do they call Pan Panavision? Yeah, in the film, right? You had to buy the yeah. film, and that was like the one of the biggest. Cons. My goodness, that was the biggest roadblock to me growing up, looking at movies and going, "Whoa, you need like so much money to make a movie." And well, just think about the editors on how much harder they had to work. Holy cow! Yeah, because they're cutting it. They're cutting. They're literally it, cutting taping it, taping it together. Right. What I what I still can't seem to wrap my brain around is how they would do those dissolves how they would do that those special those special effects with with film mm-hmm. that always confounded me I don't know that'd be interesting to look on YouTube because when in doubt you just go to YouTube yeah YouTube will tell you everything there's a guy on YouTube I watch and he takes challenges so like if you got like really shitty footage of something and you don't have enough coverage, he actually takes it as a challenge and he'll figure out how to use this really shitty footage. He does it a lot with, like, wedding videos and stuff. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. It's a lot of the special effects with Premiere, like the dissolves and the film filters and um, overexposed things. He makes it look, like, dreamy. It's pretty cool, the stuff you can do. I got to start shooting more so I could play around with some stuff. You've got that cool camera. <laughs> and you got the green screen. And right. you got the editing equipment now. And uh, buy some new audio stuff. That's like my next on what to buy. And then we can we can start making legitimate, like, no-budget films. Absolutely. <laughs> we got to get up there to Horse Thief Canyon, shoot some stuff around there. That's right. Now, you read about Horse Thief Canyon, right? You... You know the story? I know it's supposed to be haunted. I don't know the full history of it. Were you saying it was like an Indian burial ground or something? No, what it was is when these horse thieves would steal horses, they would try to cut across this canyon to get to like Mexico or something. And um, that's where they would catch them, in this canyon. But they wouldn't drag them back they would just hang them right there so for oh God. years these horse thieves were just hanging from trees like rotting and dying you know dead oh rotting and there'd be skeletons and um, so there's like a lot of you know possibilities from some oh serious boy. paranormal activities Oof. holy cow and then I guess even deeper you know like every urban legend location has like another urban legend location but there's like supposed to be like a pretty big like meth house out there that don't want you anywhere near it. So if they see you, you know, they're going to take care of you. And you're really? out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Oh my God. From what I understand, you can go about three to five miles like round trip. And when you get to like this tree house thing, that's when things start getting a little shady. Whoa. And some people make it even all this as far to the meth house but that would be kind of a cool little documentary to go up there and just talk about what we find yeah what so it's not in i'm imagining my i'm imagining it's the woods is it is it it's not in the woods the woods there's a waterfall oh there's a waterfall yeah That's but great. it's dried up now you have oh. to go certain times a year where it's it's weird it just pops out of nowhere because there's pictures, like people that take pictures of it go, oh, the waterfall wasn't theirs. 
so they couldn't find what they're looking for. And then there's other times people can't get beyond the waterfall and the stream. Oh, geez. So um, I'm kind of thinking, I'm trying to look around a little bit after we get this Kapow Black Pumpkin thing, like what we can do to plan it correctly, because it'd be nice. Um, we have some amazing actress friends that could partake in this, and I'm sure they would want to, because you know how much these actors want to be in front of the camera. Man, especially if you... You know, I just realized that when you got locations for free, and with this day and age, we can be very guerrilla with how you shoot stuff. Um, and there's always ways around stuff. Like, you know, we stole shots for Black Pumpkin. We stole a lot of shots for Black Pumpkin. We were supposed to have permits for um, the security footage stuff, all the stuff at the outside of the Alex Loft we were supposed to have. We The only so, thing we really had permits for was um, Shada's house and um, the, um, the school. Wow. So are we over here? Is this Dos Lagos? No, no. This is um, the crossing in Corona. Oh. This has like all the... This is kind of like our mall. A lot of fun stuff here. Barnes & Noble. Like, one of the rare bookstores that are still uh, flourishing is this Barnes & Noble. They're going out of business, but this Barnes & Noble does so well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, what works in what areas and what doesn't. Yeah. Amazon putting everyone out of business. Because we're all too fat and lazy to go to the store. When I was reading somewhere that I guess Amazon is going to start making stores that... They're buying up um, old Toys R Us locations oh. because they have to actually start having um, brick-and-mortar stores, what they call it. And so, um, I guess because they feel responsible for driving Toys R Us out of business, they're going to do kind of like a toy store Amazon mm. style. Okay, let's go buy some shit. All right. All right. Interesting. This anchor app is uh, so intriguing. Um, so Brian McGonagall and I just spent uh, a good amount of time. So Ryan and I spent the past couple of days all day long. He's got a faster internet uh, connection speed than I do. Spent all day downloading pretty fast, like gigabytes and gigabytes of data onto his hard drive. And we got 80 films out of 140, I think, downloaded. 
tenga todas sus pertenencias personales so, con usted todo el tiempo. That's just a series of, you know, especially if they send you a zip file, you gotta find where you wanna save that, unzip it, and then save all that stuff somewhere else or somehow else. It's really, it's really interesting. We have a guy named Tim Burton, uh, no, a guy named Derek, who operates the TimBurton.com site. He also is responsible for uh, being the curator for the Tim Burton Museum of Contemporary Art exhibit. He's kind of in charge of that stuff. It's really... It's really neat. It's really cool to think that we're getting these kinds of folks sending their stuff in. We have some Blu-rays coming in the mail, which we'll be receiving ideally within the next few days. crazy to think that today's the, uh, what, it's 16th, 12th, 13th, something like that. And it starts in, I mean, a little over two weeks. I shall make it my duty to record as much as I can during that time for these, uh, for these filmmakers. So keep your ears open. Also, if you are a filmmaker and you happen to make it out to Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival, September 28th until October 4th, if you are someone who entered a movie and you're going to be there to watch it screen, or if you're going to be someone who's just coming by, you love watching independent films, you want to see what kind of cool projects have been created across the globe. We've got people from all over the place, Romania, all over the place. Korea. All over the place. So. All over the place. So. It's going to be fun. Wouldn't it be awesome if Ted Ramey stopped by again this year? Alright folks. I think that's a pretty good uh, pretty good note to go out on. <laughs> Check out Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival if you can. We're gonna be doing the Bloody Bobby Bloody Bobby and Black Pumpkin screening on the 29th, 12 o'clock p.m. So we'll see. We'll see how it all unfolds. 
It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Keep that in mind.